It's time for a Shui Media Podcast. Tonight, communism, a logical socioeconomic theory that plays a part in everyday American lives, or simply the big red boogeyman that has captured the hearts of millions of millennials around America and will one day overtake capitalism in America itself? The answer is both of them. But keep listening, you might hear something that you like. Tonight on America the Podcast. Let's get jiggy with it. Ah, it's good to be back. Hello, America. It's America the Podcast. I don't know how long I'm going to wait for him. I've called him five times today. I I mean, I haven't seen him since that incident with the Wolves two weeks ago. So, who knows? But, um, yeah, this is my office line. Um, but, you, yeah, just call my cell phone and... Um, oh, sh- he's calling me. Hey, I, I gotta go. Alright, bye. Hello? Yeah, that, that, I mean, uh, bastard, you... Hello? Oh, there? yes, yes, it's me. Timothy? Timothy? Yes, are you yes, there? Yes, yes, man, I'm here. Hey, ah, man, oh. uh, uh, ba- uh, bastard, where are you, man? Well, I'm still on the run from the King of Wolves and his powerful pack of predatorial puppies. Wait, what? Well, after I defended your studio from a wolf attack during our last episode, about a thousand of those wolves gave chase to me and have been chasing me across the country ever since. Well, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. I'm currently walking home through a forest, but uh, I think I'm think I'm going the right way. Okay, well, where are you? I'll send a, a lift out to you or something. Well, I'm in northern Colorado. But how did you get up there, man? Well, that is a story for another day. Whoa, okay. Uh, a- anyways, um, what I'd like to tell you about is the nice and wonderful people that I stayed with. Wait, what? What? People. Who did you stay with? Well, while running from these wolves, I came to northern Colorado to seek sanctuary from the King of Bears. You know, the one from season one? Uh, uh, that's the only King of Bears I am aware of, so, uh, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Well, anyways, I wasn't able to stay there because the Bear King and his new boyfriend were trying to have a romantic weekend alone together. The Bear Kingdom keeps it very progressive. Uh, okay, uh... Did you know that over a hundred different animal species can exhibit homosexual behavior? Uh, no, uh, cool, I guess, but, uh, wh- what were you talking about? Where, where did you stay? Ah, yes, well, the King of Bears pointed me to a small village that was friendly to the Bear Kingdom, uh, located in the middle of the forest. Okay, that, that kind of sounds nice, actually. It was, very much so. Their village was called Commune, and the people called the Communists. Something didn't naturally seem right about it to me at first, but I grew to love, accept, and even be a part of the communists. Wait, wait, hold on. What? Are are you telling me you... you are okay with communism now? What? No, are you high? What? No, you just said you were okay living in a communist village. No, I said their village was called Commune, and they were the communists. It's not their fault their name is similar to that red plague. Come to think of it, they were actually wearing red the entire time I was there. Uh... Irregardless, they were nothing like communists. Everybody there was equal. They had equal access to employment and education and health care and... Uh, that sounds a little like communism. No, no, no. There were no monopolies. All of the workers had rights. Everybody was working toward the same goal of bettering the village of commune for the greater good of all people that lived there. Yeah, that sounds like communism, man. But that's impossible. 
They're all happy and there's no dictator. That's probably because there's no greedy asshole there that tries to take advantage of the workers and seize power for his or herself. Communism can work on a small scale. That sounds like a commie lie. It's not. There's tons of communist ideals that exist in America today. I don't believe you. Name me some. The eight-hour workday, worker unionization, free health care for everybody, and the five-day work week, better known as a weekend. Are you sure Republicans didn't come up with that? Well, a red party did come up with it, but it just wasn't the Republican party. Oh, well, that was a good one. Good zing, Timothy. Thanks. Uh-oh. What's wrong? Uh, well, there's been... Ah, this unicorn keeps following me, and I just don't know what to do about it. I'm sorry... What did you just say? Yes, this unicorn and his furry friends just keep following me, whispering, The void is love. Enter the void. And I'm like, I just want to go home. I, I don't know who you are or why you're following me, but just piss off. Uh, hey, man, how do you feel right now, uh, body-wise? My body feels amazing. I'm the happiest I've ever been, and I have a whole new outlook on life. The sky's even changed colors. Uh... What do you mean? Well, it's purple and pink polka dot, of course. Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh what? Uh, what kind of commune did you say you were at again? Well, it wasn't some communist commune like you seem to think it was. It was just a bunch of fine young people living and working together, and then nighttime would come around and we would strip down naked and dance around a fire while drinking tea out of the skull of a wolf. You live an interesting life. It, that didn't seem weird to you? Of course not. I'm a skull and bones, a Freemason, and I attend the Bilderberg group meeting every single year. I guess... A fair point. Um, what kind of tea, though, were you drinking out of that skull? Oh, I have no idea, but they did say it was all naturals. Things they found in the woods or something. I poured a thermos of it myself before I left for my journey back home. I've been drinking it ever since. Uh, I think you are drinking mushroom tea, my friend. Nonsense. I hate mushrooms. They're a fungus. It's like, why would anybody put those on pizza? Same goes for pineapple. If you put pineapple or mushrooms on a pizza, you are an American. I mean, some people like mushrooms, but I'll, I'll give you the pineapple part. Um, but, dude, you need to pour that tea out. But I'm thirsty. Because you're dehydrated and hallucinating from drinking mushroom tea. Pour it out and go back to the King of Bear's house to get water or something. All right, all right. I'm pretty sure I'm wandering around in circles as it is. But, uh, what? Would you shut up about that void already? I told you, I am not following you to the anti-realm to meet your god. What are you talking about? Sorry, it was that unicorn again. I, uh, think I need water. Okay, uh, just go to the house of... What's the name of the king of bears? Dennis. Of course it is. Okay, well, go to Dennis's house and let him know the situation, get some water, and I will send you a helicopter, okay? Yes, yes. Thank you, Timothy. You are a lifesaver. I rarely say this, but I owe you one. Yeah, don't worry about it, man. Just uh, get safe, get some water, and don't go into any voids or anything to meet any weird gods. Oh, don't worry. That wouldn't have been the first time. Remind me to tell you about the time I lived with Aleister Crowley and Jim Parsons. Uh, okay, I will, man. Uh-oh, it's the King of Wolves, Timothy. I better run. You and your friends better follow me to the kingdom of the bears if you want to live, unicorn. Oh, Jesus. Okay, uh, stay safe, man. Um, all right, everyone, we will be right back with Andrew Turner from the Thinkers and Drinkers podcast. It's America, the podcast! We are back. 
With me today, um, again, um, from last season, you heard him on our episode about healthcare, and I think uh, one episode about something else that I honestly don't remember. Um, We have the host of the Thinkers and Drinkers podcast and former campaign aide to the rightful winner of the presidential election, Mr. Andrew Turner. Say hi, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Oh, don't act so bashful. I can see your face, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Um, as you heard at the top of the show, we are talking about uh, communism and why it necessarily got such a bad rap. Uh, so, Andrew, for our uh, listeners, can you please uh, tell us what communism is um, and the difference between that and Marxism? Just a brief intellectual rundown, if you will. Uh, well, Marxism is more of an economic theory, while communism is more of a political ideology. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the recipe for a cake versus actually making the cake and you throw it in your own stuff. Uh, communism is a lot more uh, – what it's associated with, at least to Americans, is the Russian government after the Bolshevik Re- Revolution in 1917. And that's what we really all think of is the the USSR and the Soviet Union being able to push its influence through an ideology that for upwards of 70, 80 years we uh, were taught – all of us was an ideological battle for the soul of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, one could really argue that's why we got involved in the police actions, uh, quote unquote, in Vietnam and Korea, always to spur the influence of Russia and the spread of communism is what you would hear in propaganda. Uh, to be honest, um, now libertarians would say the same thing about their ideology. Capitalists would say the same thing about their ideology. Socialists, uh, <laughs> even authoritarians probably would, but there's never been a true implementation of communism uh, in its original sense that Marx is looking at. And with that in mind, uh, communism in itself as an ideology isn't uh, inherently evil or wrong, but it seems like only authoritarian communism has sprung up in a major world power before. Right. And so um, with that, is is it... I- we always hear the phrase of, you know, communism looks good on paper. Um, I'm of the theory, personally, especially I've been going through Star Trek Next Generation lately, and that yeah. seems more like a communist government of everybody working towards, you know, the goal. Um, I watched, uh, if you ever get a chance to watch the show The Americans with um, uh, that lady that played Felicity, I don't remember her name, um, Carrie Russell, um, gives a good um, other side to that argument. Um, so where, at what point did we demonize it because uh, watching things like the Americans and watching things from Russia's side of the story, it seems more like that they were trying. They just had a, you know, they had corruption themselves just like everybody else. So like, did we impose that in America, the bad rap on them? You think? Uh, I mean, America is not just to blame. England was definitely part of it. All of Western Europe was. I mean, Western Europe has always been afraid of Russia, uh, understandably so. Russia is one of the largest land masses since the 1600s with an organized army and has plenty of people to march uh, west. So it's yeah. always been something that the, the Western governments have been afraid of. Um, the It was Germany who shipped uh, Lenin over during World War One to actually cause and ferment revolution. Uh, back in Russia, he had he had lived there and was kicked out and was living in Germany. And the Germans actually paid for his train ticket to get back to Russia <clears throat> and ordered a spark political revolution. So capitalism in the West kind of created this own devil through that action, through World War One. Uh, World War One was a time period where a lot of soldiers on the front with new mechanization and horrors of war coming out 
started to say, why are we fighting for these Kaisers? Why are we fighting for these emperors, these kings and queens, these czars? Why aren't we working together? You know, the guy across the field doesn't look that different than me. He seems to be just another worker who was pulled out of his factory and now thrown on the front line. And that's when the ideas of socialism, Marxism, and communism really started to spread throughout Europe. And the ruling class didn't want that to happen, of course, because it over the whole idea of pure communism would be that there would be no class system, and socialism is that there would be, you know, more of a regulated class system from the federal government or from whatever federal hierarchy you had in your country. Mm-hmm. So I think that this really became a threat to the idea of socialism, Marxism, communism, became which are all different, but uh, in the same vein of it becomes a threat to those who are in power uh, back in the early 1900s and late 1800s, and then especially after World War One, when we see the rise of the first uh, quote-unquote Marxist government in, in the USSR. And with that in mind, uh, it was natural for us uh, after 1917 to really start to demonize a whole new form of economic system because the people in power would have lost their power if we went to that economic system. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense. And after... We became great friends, of course, during World War II, but friends of necessity. And Patton's famous for saying that we should have, you know, uh, kept marching to Moscow. So yeah, especially that whole since idea Stalin killed more people than Hitler. Yeah, I, I'm, and and one could one could there you'll get on a internet, uh, you'll get on a Facebook page or, or or a deep Reddit site, and there'll be plenty of communists who will argue that well, Stalin didn't systematically, you know, kill them. It was starvation. It was bad yeah. management, that kind of stuff, which is true. Uh, Hitler was the most horrible fucking person that we could all ever Absolutely. think of. Yeah. <laughs> let, let that be clear. <laughs> uh, but still, I mean, uh, yeah, the policies that were implemented by um, uh, Stalin were were especially horrible. One could argue a lot more beneficially for Lenin, but not Stalin, no. Yeah, he was a horrible person as well. <laughs> right. Now, you mentioned um, England a second ago that ha- they had their good old hand, uh, jolly old hand, if you will, um, uh, in demonizing um, communism. Uh, and now they have the Labor Party, which is more or less the Workers' Party, which is also basically what communism is. And there's been a, if you follow this show or even your show, Thinkers and Drinkers, you know, we've all talked about that, you know, the workers should be empowered and like... There's a that kind of a movement coming around now, so watch your ass, Republicans, because the worker party's coming. Uh, but so, I mean, how is that any different than regular old communism? Is that communism that works, or is that um, it, is that just a far far cry from communism, just like a a baseline, if you will? I mean, I think they both have roots in Marxism mm-hmm. and the idea that the worker. Uh, should be in charge of both the business that his capital, his labor is exploited by the people who are in power at the moment, the the whether it's the bourgeoisie or it's or it's the actual people in the higher uh, the higher ups that are in power, the people that use that middle class to oppress the poor class. Um, but socialism and Marxism aren't necessarily near as, and this this is more of a historical precedent mm-hmm. than its original definition aren't as near as authoritarian as communism. Uh, When you look at somebody like Bernie Sanders or you look at somebody uh, uh, over, uh, like like they have a lot of socialists in Europe, um, these these guys aren't suggesting that the world has to convert to communism, that the ideology is something that must be spread, that there's an independent workers' revolution that's going to happen, at least a violent one, which is a lot of the thoughts behind communism is that Every country eventually will overthrow its capitalist, you know, leadership and, and capitalist throngs and take back what is theirs. 
Socialism, in a lot more ways, uh, just says, hey, you know, this is a move towards a more balanced government. This is a move towards a balanced class system. This is a move towards the government regulating more things than it used to uh, in the economic sector because we've gotten to a point now that wealth inequality is affecting the entire uh, you know, nation's outcome, Everything. which has always been the case. Mm-hmm. But it's just becoming more and more uh, vibrantly, vibrantly uh, despicable these days. Yeah, so. right. Because um, there's so many um, aspects that you know, our listeners, your listeners all know that, you know, you know, universal health care is a socialist ideal. But and, you know, <laughs> Medicaid, which is basically uh, the first step to that or Social Security, all this stuff, unions or communists like well, I mean, and we've your, done, your roads and bridges, your your army. I mean, those are all socialistic ideas. It, we yeah. throw into a pot and we pay for them to, for the benefit of all of us. Is it is it branding? Is it really is it like does it come down to this? The Republicans and capitalists have better branding than socialists and communists. I think that. It's partially branding. It's partially history, too. Right. Um, the the idea that Russia was this big threat across the sea where they were oddly different than us, but they were very similar in a lot of ways and their power structure and their country rising up. And, and I mean, even the American Revolution and the Bolshevik Revolution are compared quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this idea that for the first time, America and the Western world in general, which meant white people, Right. That were the, the that were the imperialistic nations of the world were threatened by one group of people that had these Caucasian Russians and these Asians all of a sudden starting to take over their own sector of the world. And I think that became a real threat. And because of that real threat, their ideology that was espoused with them became um, an easy scapegoat against them instead of saying like even now if com- if if Russia was still communistic you would hear politicians yelling about communism being a scourge mm-hmm. but instead it's Putin well that was really the whole enemy all along was russian oligarchs who or russian military men who thought that they could take down you know western europe and the united states for for glory's sake just like there were plenty of american generals over here who thought we could take down moscow and march in for glory's sake for the sake of whatever ideology they had i think that that we should we have to separate the ideology from the regime and it was the regime uh, of the united of, of the ussr that really led to america's fear of it and the western country's fear of it however um you know that aside, it, it definitely is branding. Uh, yeah, I mean just 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 as just as the branding <laughs> of the current parties is and and everything else. Take uh, out I mean, every major fuck up in history, and then yeah, it is. It's basically yeah. branding. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is basically branding, and and now you see that with the current Trumpistas. You know those those mm-hmm. loyal to the current president of the United States are defending Russia and Putin and saying he's a good man and a Christian man who, you know, fights homosexuality and, and it's okay if he messed in our elections. You know, mm-hmm. when 30 years ago, those people or their parents would have been screaming about communism right. coming in and the Russians, you know, sending spies, you know, into every little town. And now is Russia, Russia is not it's, communist it's, still. It's, yeah. I, yeah. I, well, Russia is more communistic uh, in its authoritarianism, yeah, but not okay. its system. And and with that in mind, like Russia's always been this Russia. It's always been a rival, you know, Eastern threat to the West. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we haven't gotten over with still, um, even though it seems a lot of Americans all of a sudden like Russia. Right. For some yeah, some, yeah, like, <laughs> uh, I remember that but, clip of Roy Moore, like speaking fluent Russian. <laughs> like, how, uh, how did uh, you still almost win? 
I, I, I don't know how you still even say the words Roy Moore I without know. gagging. Uh, but, I know. It's, uh, it's a definite. But, yeah, Alabama Oof. pulled a real nice one for yeah. us there. I really appreciate them doing the right thing. Uh, Slightly. But no, I, I think to really answer around your question, is it branding? Is it is communism bad? Uh, not in its sense, just like capitalism isn't bad. Right. Like uh, capitalism works on paper too. It's just an ideology. It's just a way to look at things. Now, what I was going to ask too is, um, is now it seems like the fact that communism might be easier to install and socialism too, because well, at least uh, Nazi socialism, because people still, for some reason, can uh, mix up the two, even though one is clearly. Fascism. Fascism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Nazis so, called themselves national socialists. They were not. They were, they fascists. were fascists. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, is it the fact that communism couldn't work because it's too easy to um, have a dictator installed, or is that Russia? Because we, granted, don't have a dictator. We in America, we have an authoritarian president. But Russia, right now, still has had the Putin's been in power for God knows how long, and Trump is <laughs> said the other day he's trying to keep himself in power, uh, you know, have a president for life someday is what he said. And we're both capitalist countries. So it's not necessarily capitalism that could cause a dictatorship, right? Well, no. And I mean, one could argue that China is somewhat uh, a capitalist country, exactly. that Syria is a capitalist country, that, mm-hmm. that I mean, there, there are multiple... So it's not capitalism, it's just regime. authoritarianism that yeah. is the yeah. main you know, asshole that <laughs> stinks up the room. Well, no one's politics. worried about, no one's worried about Sweden, you know, committing genocide right now exactly. or, or trying to start a war illegally, but they are worried about both Russia and America and China, you know, flexing their muscles. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of that is, uh, once again, not to sound like the historian, but that's the superpower syndrome. You know, I think that we want to show how tough you are, whether you're a regional power or a superpower, you show how tough you are, no matter if you're a capitalist or or you're a communist. If you have the power to assert, and human beings do this in everything, they do it in jobs. If you have the power to assert yourself and show that you're in charge and stay on as long as you can, then why wouldn't you? Well, it used to be that, you know, countries like the United States had social norms and constitutional norms. And hopefully, I say used to, I hope that that stands, um, but they're being tested right now for the first time. And I think it does show that any country can be an authoritarian evil empire. Right. The question whether or not they have a, a red flag or a red, white, and blue flag or a red, white, and black flag, it doesn't matter. That's all aesthetics. Once again, that's mm-hmm. all branding. You can be a socialist country and be the most peaceful country in the world. Hypothetically, you could be a communist country and be the most peaceful country in the world. Hypothetically, you could be a capitalist country and you could be the most peaceful country in the world. Although one could argue that the state of arms and capitalism and wanting to make money over everything else would actually make that worse but i think that you could have any ideology subscribe to any ideology and not be fascistic right or imperialistic but everybody tries now <laughs> w- within communism could that actually um ever legitimately happen without a dictator though like i know we just said that it's not necessarily it could happen in any country get in it for any given political uh, ideology but could that actually happen and i asked this and could it would it be actually a pleasant thing to live under because you know seeing how russia used to be back in the day like they were working you know these spies would talk about or these other people would talk about that they're working towards this goal of the uh 
entire uh, the cause they they call their cause of communism and of the their right to you know the worker, but their lives sucked ass. Like there was yeah. uh, you know specific grocers you couldn't go to unless you were a higher official, which is obviously just plain old corruption. But d- does humanity prevent communism and true socialism and things like that from ever happening? You think? Um. I mean, I think that's a very complex question that we probably right. don't have time to answer, no, but I, I will say that. Why like, don't you solve this right now, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> I will answer it, Mr. Andrew Turner. No, uh, I I think that industrialization is probably a lot of that. Um, right, okay. Like under capitalist countries, you look at England and it was just as bad in the 1800s, people talking about wealth and income inequality and gutter snipes and, you know, that Oliver Twist, um, Les Miserables in, in France. You know, that, that idea of, I think that when the workers are exploited, and treated like cattle, mm-hmm. uh, everybody hates their superiors and write, and talk shit about them no matter what. Um, so I, I think that a lot of that in China and Russia, at least, in the early and then mid-centuries, respectively, was the fact that their leaders were authoritarian and they made them go through an industrial period much quicker than countries that were parliamentarian or congressional. So, I mean... I, it's it's really the chicken and the egg, uh, which came first? Is it the authoritarianism or is it their policies that people don't like? I, there are countries, look at Kim Jong-un's North Korea, where people love their authoritarian leader. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're not being treated horrible. doesn't mean that they don't have a quality of life that's much worse than everywhere else. Right. doesn't mean they're not starving, but they love their leader. So, I mean, Marx could would, would be arguing with you that if they knew all the truth, they wouldn't, but they have propaganda coming out. Well, that's definitely true, but that's true in the United States. We propagandize our people as well. Mm-hmm. We just don't make them watch it. Right. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess that when it comes down, could there be a communist country without an authoritarian dictator? I, I would assume so, yes. We haven't seen it yet. Right. Uh, but I think that a lot of these countries that now still standing, whether the United States or England, 800 years ago, uh, whatever you want to call it, these cultures were monarchies. Mm-hmm. And they thought they would be around forever. Yeah. So authoritarianism, I think, is separate from political ideology, mm-hmm. excluding in its execution. <laughs> it's just sometimes an unfortunate byproduct of society in a way right um, that's yeah. how i view it um now uh real quick before we get out of here with capitalism too um you mentioned the um the arms uh within capitals with it now you mean guns i take it like the fact that guns are or at least that's how i took what you said the gun uh military um armament is such a huge part of at least our capitalism yeah I, well i mean that capitalist countries will sell guns to right. both sides so, I, I, uh, selling is a big part of it. Since you have such a free market, mm-hmm. uh, people, and that's not true with just arms. It's true with drugs. It's true with, it's right. true with, uh, it's true with actual political like players, assassinations. I mean, it's true with wheat. It's true with anything that's uh, marketable, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in pure capitalism, which we have close to, even though it's semi-regulated, in a truly free market, you can sell whatever you want. So people will start wars in order to sell guns. Right, exactly. So now we, as everybody listening to this, I would hope knows by now that we spend the next 12, uh, the amount of money in the next uh, 12 countries combined on our military. Um, And that is one of the biggest, how much of our tax goes to that 53%, some terrible, terrible amount. 
I and, think seven of those countries are allies. Yeah, exactly. So um, so it doesn't even matter. So that bolsters up our military even bigger. But um, my question, or at least point, question, whichever um, you want to call it, is um, that couldn't um, uh, capitalism and socialism go hand in hand if people weren't, um, one, paying absorbent amounts into a military and the money could be redistributed or re redistribute <laughs> moved along to other things like healthcare and <laughs> parks and infrastructure i'm not even gonna try uh <laughs> but um if because i consider myself in a sense a conservative i just don't want my money going to the military i want it going to social issues are those such actual social socialist issues that like shouldn't these just be regular? I know we the argument on the left is this: these are just human issues of giving healthcare to people, food to people, shelter to people, education to people. Like I, that that's something I've never understood. Like why you necessarily could have such a capitalistic society when you the, the answer is clear where the money could actually go. If you um, add uh, women equal pay, that's $2 trillion. Happy Women's Day, by the way. We're recording this on International Women's Day. Um, two, Ooh, you had uh, $2 trillion to the economy by doing that. Housing uh, the homeless and feeding all these other people, you add $6 more trillion. So by doing basic things like that, you can add upwards of $12 trillion to our economy. And we don't do that. Um, so could socialism and like basically what we call it is democratic socialism. That's to me, that's the combination of capitalism and socialism. Correct. Uh, would you say that? Well, uh, I, that's think my that point is, uh, I, I, I think to. Uh, it's, it's not an embracement of capitalism. It mm -hmm. is the embrace. The free market is still included. Yeah. That's what I mean. The free market is the profits, only role that I'm talking about. Right. That, that profits are the end goal is eliminated mm -hmm. for democratic socialists. Right. Uh, I, they say themselves on their website something like uh, they believe the society and the economy should be run democratically to meet the needs of everybody and not mm -hmm. just a few, uh, you know, profits for a few. That that's pretty. It's a pretty good summary of what dem democratic socialism is, mm -hmm. is that they believe in using the government in order to take the benefits from huge corporations and huge uh, private entities mm -hmm. and say, hey, listen, the five people at the top of this aren't going to be inexorbitantly wealthier than their workers. We're going to use that to pay for those workers' health care, to pay mm -hmm. for those workers. I think I think that uh, it is an antithesis to capitalism. It is, um, it's not embracing capitalism. It is embracing the idea that, sure, we still have a free market, we still exchange goods and services, and you still have, you know, payment for what you do. Everybody can right. get paid differently. But it is saying that, you know, the average CEO right now makes over 330% uh, of what the average worker does. It's saying we're going to take a lot of that and we're going to give it to the worker mm -hmm. through healthcare benefits, through their roads and bridges, through giving pay raises for everybody, making sure the minimum wage is enforced by making sure that teachers and firefighters and cops get paid what they deserve. Um, by Instead of taking that money and throwing it into a few at the very top, this 1% that Bernie Sanders regularly talks about, to benefit just for them, they're going to say that a majority of society and its efforts are going to benefit everyone. And it sounds like a better system to me, at least moving in that direction, because right now we're at a point that it's a new Gilded Age where the top 1% of the top 1% are profiting over the last 30 years at an exorbitant amount where the rest of us, life's getting harder. In mm -hmm. all 50 states, you cannot have a minimum wage job and pay for a one-bedroom apartment. Trust me, right. I'm looking. Yeah. So you can't do it. So uh, 
we need to change our society to make it where the poor and the middle class are lifted up. And the only way to do that is to say, hey, to the very uber wealthy, hey, you've made too much. There's too much going to you and it's hurting society. We're going to take some of that and we're going to spread it out to everybody else. And they were taxed properly at one point until Republicans moved into power and then slowly. Well, Upwards of 90 percent under triple, Eisenhower. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, you know, and that was a Republican. I, we, we could go back to a system. And by the way, I don't think democratic socialists are saying we have to do this. Like we were talking earlier about branding versus ideology mm -hmm. versus evil versus good. I don't think democratic socialists are saying, Hey, we have to become a democratic socialist country. I think what they're saying is we need to present our ideas as a major party and then come to a compromise with those who don't want to do those things. Right. And make our society better in huge steps but I don't think that they're doing the same thing that like Lenin was doing in 1917 saying like fermenting revolution, fermenting mm -hmm. the idea that we need to overthrow the current government in order to accomplish our goals. The idea is we can use the current power structures that are in place to accomplish those goals. And people like Bernie Sanders exemplify that, that, hey, look, you can run, you can you can be a socialist and you can win. So we need to get more of that because then we have more of a political say in the way that the world works today and the way the United States government works. Um, I don't think that there is at the moment, other than a political revolution, a, a, a true calling for revolution. Do I think it could become that in 20 years? Um, you know, let's see if Trump gets reelected. Let's see if we go to more needless wars. Let's see if income inequality becomes worse because if stuff like that happens, Yes, I think you could be moving towards an actual physical revolution. Right. What's that uh, pesty, pestering little phrase, uh, we the people, right? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. It's well, annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying, especially to Republicans. <laughs> All right. Um, well, <laughs> thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on today. And thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for tuning in once again to America, the podcast. I want to thank our guest, Andrew Turner. You can find him on Twitter at Mr. Andrew Kent or sorry, Mr. Andrew K. Turner. I know his middle name, and now you do too. And his <laughs> show, uh, Think as a Drinkers, on Twitter, at T&D Production, and on Facebook, at Thinkers and Drinkers Productions, and you can catch the Thinkers and Drinkers news report when? Uh, well, it's it's recorded every Friday, and we also have Drinkers episodes that we do interview people, and then also the new IFT, Infinite Fantasy oh, yes. with Alexa Ray. Infinite Fantasy! Alexa was on yeah. our first episode this season, and uh, oh, was cool. good interview, and that show is so great. She I love nerd things. I know. Oh, and you can find us now at thinkersdrinkers.com. It's that simple. Just thinkersdrinkers.com. Awesome. I like that. Um, yes, and you sh uh, may also subscribe to their show as well on all podcast directories just like this one. Um, please remember to follow America the Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at America the Podcast and now on Twitter at our new handle at America the Pod. Please also follow our host, The Bastard, at Bastard Comedy and follow me, Tim, the producer of this show, at Shway Media. Uh, that uh, may be a lot uh, to follow, but I promise it will be worth it. Um, you can find more podcasts on shwaymedia.com and Thinker, Thinker, and what, say it again, Andrew. Thinkersdrinkers.com. Thinkersdrinkers.com for their uh, network. Shwaymedia.com for our network. Um, have a great night, America. You will hear us again in two weeks. Uh, stay safe out there and remember to America as hard as you can. Good night. It's America, the podcast. <laughs>